0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to Empowering Family Caregiver Show on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Negna Girikhar, your host for today's show sponsored by eCareDiary.com. Today we will talk about hospital discharge planning tools for family caregivers. To help shed light on this, I'm very pleased to introduce our guest for today, Carol Levine. Carol is the Director at United Hospitals Fund's Families and Healthcare Project that focuses on developing partnerships between healthcare professionals and family caregivers. A BA from Cornell University and an MA from Columbia University, Carol was named a WebMD Health Hero in 2007 and a Civic Ventures Purpose Prize Fellow in 2009. In 2014, she published two books, Living in the Land of Limbo. Fiction and Poetry About Caregiving, and Planning for Long-Term Care for Dummies. Carol, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for inviting me. We are very excited because we're going to do, um, this show is going to be a mix of, um, you know, uh, focusing on your book as well as this very exciting project that uh, you've been a, you're a part of uh, which involves um, discharge planning uh, tools for family caregivers, so I want to actually start off with um, shedding a little bit of light on your book, which is um, completely different from most of the other books on caregiving and I want to start with um, the title, the word that you 've used in the title, which is limbo that that word is very significant, and I wanted to know why would you do you feel um, that caregivers find themselves in this in the state of limbo most of the time. Well, the word limbo, um, first of all, it has a religious
0: meaning, which I'm not using. But most of us mm-hmm. think of it as a time or a place of uncertainty you're stuck you don't know whether you're going forward or backward upward or downward and that's so often the case with family caregivers of uh, people with chronic illnesses because there's not a a, a clear trajectory, not a clear journey. And interestingly, the title came from um, a professor of anthropology, a psychiatrist at Harvard, who um, used the phrase that family caregivers live in the same land of limbo as patients with chronic illnesses. And having been a family caregiver for 17 years for my late husband, I said, oh, that's me. I've been there. I know that. And I thought, well, Mm -hmm. if I've been there, other people will have been there
1: as well. Mhm now, your book is very interesting because it 's a collection of stories and poems. Now, what do you think fiction tells us about caregiving because it 's a very different way of addressing issues? Yes, it is. Um, I think that fiction well
0: written fiction mainly i'm using i 'm using short stories and poetry in this book. Gets to the emotional heart of an experience. Um, a memoir mm-hmm. has a beginning, a middle, and an end, um, and it's a long trajectory. This, these stories get to the guts of an experience, and you're there with the people right then and there. And a poem, even shorter, um, and a lot of times writers feel freer in fiction to say things that they might not ordinarily say if they were telling the true story. So it's a kind of... Distilized way, distillation of the experience mm-hmm. of caregiving from many different perspectives, and I've talked to a few of the writers in the book, and they agree that there are things that they have written memoirs but wouldn't say, and now they can say it in fiction because it's not, you know, not the truth in that sense. Mm-hmm. It's the emotional truth, not the factual truth. That's
1: interesting. The other, the other. Um you know, interesting thing about your book is that you've chosen to focus on relationships rather than diseases. Why did you Why did you decide on that? Well,
0: that was a long process. Um, originally, I thought of focusing on diseases and then um, I realized that it's not the disease that really makes the difference here. It is the relationship between the person doing the caregiving and the person who's receiving the care, and that – the experience of caregiving is is universal across diseases. Now there are differences of course. Um, caring for someone with a dementia or an alzheimer 's is different from caring for someone with AIDS or multiple sclerosis but it's the relationship that is really, at, as I said before, at the emotional heart of the experience. So um, in the end, I said, let me try it on the basis of relationships. And I think there are five different categories, including um, husbands and wives um, and adult children, and there are other kinds of relationships. And that really seemed to work for the, for the particular stories and poems that I picked.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to caring for someone with a chronic illness, do you believe that humor could be a part of the caregiving experience?
0: Oh, humor has to be part of the caregiving experience. Otherwise, you will not survive. Because this doesn't mean it's a joke by any means. Mm -hmm. But the ability to step outside of what can be an absurd experience often, and I have to say this, dealing with healthcare professionals, you can feel as though you're in some sort of alternate universe where people are talking Mm -hmm. a different language and you don't know what's going on. If you can't see... The absurdity of it, if you can 't see the kind of um, uh, silly situations that you get into, then you really tear yourself up over everything so many of the stories um and and even a few of the poems are not they 're not funny in the sense of comic, but they mm-hmm. bring out the kind of uh, humor that you find yourself in as as a caregiver and the the sly writers um do this very discreetly so you don't even know you're you're you are you are you have been um you're you're you know that there's something to laugh at but but it's there um even in the one of the stories that is the most poignant um by Laurie Moore um called people like that are the only people here about a mother with a child a baby who has um uh, a form of cancer you wouldn't oh what can be funny about that nothing but mm-hmm. she as a writer makes you see how uh, how um difficult this situation is unless you see it in a kind of objective way and see the way the people talk about it and the way the other people act. So I think that, and, and in life, I mean, I think this is a lesson for life. If you can't see the humor in some of the situations you get into as a caregiver, you're really going to be finding yourself in, in deep, deeper trouble than you already are. So I,
1: I mm-hmm. firmly believe that humor is important. You know, as we discussed earlier, your book is, um, you know, you have sections in your book and they all are about relationships. And um, the one most unexpected um, section that I found was about um, pa- paid caregivers could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. I uh, Thank you for asking that because I think that
0: um, we tend often in the family caregiving world to neglect to think about and Uh, Pay attention to the people in our lives who are the paid caregivers. Um, And, again, as I said, said, in the 17 years I took care of my husband, I had a number of uh, paid caregivers who really made his life, my husband's life, and my life possible. So I was very much in tune to the importance of of these uh, workers in my life. When I started looking for stories and poems, There weren't all that many. There, people have not written all that much about paid caregivers, but the few I did find, there are probably four or five in the book, really were very, to me, very revealing, very insightful, very respectful of the um, of the caregiver, the paid caregivers, and the relationships. And again, it's relationships. It was the relationships with the in some cases the patient in some cases the family some cases both i think that's an area that needs to be full more fully developed both in um in fiction and poetry but also in real life because we are in this together and we really need to understand each other and understand how to better work together so i think that Mm -hmm. i'm i'm pleased that that I was able to at least include it as, and hope that, you know, others will find more to write about.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, you've been a part of a very, very important project, and I think many um, of our audience members struggle with this part about, of caregiving, um, the part where, um, you know, the one that you're caring for is about to be discharged, and you have um, a whole set of forms to fill out, and you you have to take the person home, and then it's, it's, it's a very confusing state of affairs, and there's no one really to guide you at that point. Um, you've been involved with a project called Project Reengineered Discharge, which is a new model of discharge planning. We would love to hear more about that. Can you, can you please tell us? Oh, absolutely. Um, we're
0: we're here at the United Hospital Fund. We've been working on uh, developing partnerships with healthcare providers, specifically around what we call transitions in care. And the most common is, as you say, uh, discharged from the hospital to home. Um, and on our own website, nextstepincare.org, we have tools for family caregivers who are. Uh, contemplating a discharge or already in the middle of it. But Project RED, Re-Engineered Discharge, is a national model developed by um, Dr. Brian Jack at the Boston University Medical Center um, and his colleagues. And it is a very systematic way of looking at what a patient needs to have a safe and adequate discharge home and not to be readmitted within uh, 30 days, which is Now uh, the hospital gets penalized financially. So um, Mm -hmm. Project Red has been adopted by several hundred uh, hospitals across the country. So we were... Very, very excited when Brian Jack asked us at the United Hospital Fund to create a special tool in their toolkit about integrating family caregivers into the discharge planning process. And that is what the new tool is. Um, And uh, we worked with them collaboratively to make it fit into the Project RED model. And it's online. Mm -hmm. It's free. And we're just very hopeful that hospitals will and other providers will um, adopt it.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, um, you mentioned that there's a new tool in the toolkit. Can you um, yes. share some more information about that? Yes, yes. The new toolkit
0: is basically the new tool. It's, we call it a familiarly affectionately tool seven um it mm-hmm. it goes through um the reasons why family caregivers are important to discharge, and then it sets out. Five steps for providers, and this is important for family caregivers to know, too, because this is what you should expect as a family caregiver. First of all, mm-hmm. that you are identified as the person to whom the the discharge instruction should be given. It's not just anybody who happens to be there, the neighbor who's mm-hmm. come with the cookies. It, you know, that's not the person. <laughs> I, you laugh. <laughs> it happens. It happens. <laughs> Then the second part is once the family caregiver is identified, to assess that family caregiver's needs. There are certain things you're going to be expected to do. Can you do them, or do you need some help, or uh, do you need training? Uh, So really understanding what the home situation is like, what the family caregiver can and cannot do, not to just assume that, you're going to be there 24 hours a day. You may not live with the person. Mm-hmm. You may you may have a job. You may have other responsibilities. Um, so that's a very important part of it. Um, and uh, that's a part that sometimes gets overlooked, and that's why um, having it in, in this tool is really very important. Now, the third step is once you've got all this information, is to integrate that. Need into the into the care plan, and every discharge has some kind of a care plan. You may not see mm-hmm. it as the family caregiver, but they have it. And this is integrating what you have decided are your needs and assessed after this assessment to have those um, those needs integrated into the into the care plan. Then finally, you know, making the day of discharge work, sharing the caregiver Mm -hmm. information with the next setting of care, and then following up. Did 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 our plans work out? Was there something that Mm -hmm. we overlooked? So these are very common sense steps. But what we want to do is make them a habit, so everybody does this all the time. And that's what the tool is. It's very you know Mm -hmm. it's very
1: straightforward. I see now um so basically it's it's literally like hand holding for the family caregivers from the point where they're informed that their loved one is going to be discharged to the point where they step out of the hospital yes. with all the information that they need right, but it's beyond that it it, is, it
0: mm-hmm. is it's um first of all, they should be informed as early as possible it's not mm-hmm. the day of And it's not even the day before, but as soon Mm -hmm. as the hospital staff has some idea that this person is going to be ready for discharge, say say it's, okay, it's Tuesday, we know that by Friday we're going to be able to send your mother home. Let the family Mm -hmm. caregiver know that so that they have a few days to plan. And then once they're home... Find out what's going on, is it working? What do you need where Where did we uh, and what have we failed to include and can we help in some other mm-hmm. way so it's it's both prior to the discharge and following
1: afterwards. I see. Um there there might be cases I, I know it's happened to a family member of mine where you know the person was discharged from the hospital but then um you know had to go back to the hospital because his condition worsened and um you know they just had to kind of monitor his condition a little mm-hmm. more closely so within a few within a few weeks he was actually back in the hospital. In well, in a situation yeah. like this um is there is there something Within this project, or within the toolkit, that kind of, um, kind of like smoothens the process, or helps the caregiver with the second round of, um, you know, procedure, or second round of uh, being back in the hospital. Well, the idea of the whole project, Red, and of a lot
0: of other. Um, I- transition programs mm-hmm. and and our next step in care is to avoid exactly what you're describing an unplanned mm-hmm. and maybe preventable uh, readmission because going back to the hospital after you've already been out is is mm-hmm. really traumatic it's very upsetting to everybody it means something i mean it's not always possible to predict everything that can happen mm-hmm. and sometimes someone's condition just you know, gets worse and it isn't something that can be prevented. But what Project Red and what all of the Next Step in Care tools are is to think about all of the things that you can plan for, that you can Mm -hmm. put Mm -hmm. in place to prevent that. And then, Unplanned will happen without you, but if you can get the plans together, then uh, mm-hmm. then yes, you can. You can. These will be fewer and less traumatic. And sometimes, you know, it just means saying, "I don't think my relative is ready to go home yet." Um, don't mm-hmm. you know? Give him another day. Um, you can do that. You can say you can't stay it forever, but you can say mm-hmm. you know for this reason or that reason, this is not going to be a safe discharge. So, uh, part of it is being able to look forward from your own point of view as a caregiver and say, you know, this we're not ready yet. Let's you know slow down here and let's try mm-hmm. to work this out. Um, but again, you know, with 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 medical conditions, you can't plan for everything. Um, so you do the best you can. Absolutely,
1: Carol. One last question for you. Sure. Uh, we would love to know what you think is, um, or, or if you could tell our audience members, what would be the key takeaway from your book for all those who are, who are struggling and, you know, in, in the middle of all the caregiving crisis that they're dealing with? Well, the, I guess
0: the takeaway from my book is, um, and this was my takeaway. I think everyone will read it differently. But my takeaway mm-hmm. was that even though the People, the people in the stories and the poems, led very, very different lives from mine. Their situations were different. Mm-hmm. The emotions were the same. The universality of caregiving, of universality of being. Um, in a situation where you're responsible for the life and well-being of someone very close to you, it crosses Mm -hmm. every line that you can think of. And that if you see yourself as not so isolated, but these stories bring you closer together with other people who are experiencing the same things, that that's the value, that's the beauty of literature, that is the enrichment of, of literature. So this is, to me, this is what the book meant. And everyone else will, you know, you'll find a certain story that speaks to you because it's very close to you. Uh, that is mm-hmm. not necessarily what my my uh, takeaway was, but it was more the universality of it, uh, the experience of caregiving.
1: Thank you, Carol. It's been an absolute pleasure having you as our guest today and for, you know, giving us so much information about this very very crucial topic in caregiving.
0: Well, thank you. Um,
1: and um, before before we end the show, I want to let our audience members um, know a uh, little bit more about yourself. People, um, uh, audience members listening in, can uh, get more information about um, a project Red as well as about Carol Levine and her book at um, her website www.nextstepincare.org. dot org. Um, I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in today, and we would love for you to join us next time on Tuesday, July 1st at 2 p.m. Eastern. This would be for our next Empowering Family Caregiver show with Sheila Warnock, founder and president of Share the Caregiving, Inc., about strategies for those who choose to live and age alone. To learn more about eCare Diary and our upcoming shows, visit www.eCareDiary.com. Registration is free and gives you immediate access to your personal Care Diary tool. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, and my Twitter address is ecare_diary. Diary. Thank you once again, Carol. Thank you, everyone else. Thank you.